All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to be joined by my guy, Swipa. We're on the weekends with Swipa Edition here, doing this a little bit differently, didn't even like promo this or anything. We're going to go live on the Mile High Sports Twitter account as well as the YouTube, so hopefully Y'all are having a great time. Y'all are having a great day on this Sunday. Plenty of time for uh, lots lots of football takes later, but we're going to talk about the basketball game that was happening last night. As the Denver Nuggets, they they win a game. They win a basketball game, Swipa. Uh, that was that was a basketball game, if you want to call it that. Uh, first of all, how are you doing, man? I'm great. Having a great day. Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes here in a couple hours, and then we got the 49ers versus Detroit. Detroit made it make a Super Bowl. I mean, this is it's a great day, man. A lot of great NBA games. Nuggets were able to get another win yesterday. Um, you know, Jokic continues to submit. I think he's gonna be his third MVP year at this point. Um, and uh yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun, man. It's been a lot of fun this year. Third MVP, huh? Third MVP after uh after all that's been going on. It's uh we've we've got plenty to talk about on that regard, that's for sure. But mm-hmm. I'm uh I'm I'm a little bit I'd say I'd I'd be a little bit off on that. And I think that there's there's a couple of other guys that we could talk about here. But look, uh, the story yesterday was about two MVP candidates, was about two bigs, rivals week. Uh I asked that question to Michael Malone. Uh, pre-game and, and post-game, basically, and like he, he doesn't did. see this as a he doesn't see this as a rivalry. He sees this as a an opportunity for Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid to go head up against each other, and the NBA is trying to push that as hard as they can. And lo and behold, lo and behold, just the the on the off chance that that a, a small injury could disrupt this thing, we we had some thoughts that this could be disrupted on Saturday or, or on Friday. Like there were at least some folks that believed that, hey, like this might not happen because Embiid hurts his knee in Indiana. Jokic gets poked in the eye in New York, but one's probable on the injury report. One's not even on the injury report at all. And you just hope that this uh, this matchup can happen in Denver for the first time in five years, quite literally five years. And uh, lo and behold, it did not happen yesterday, Swipa. Yeah, I mean, I you know I said this already, you know, when I did lock on Nuggets that you know their Matt Moore's clip was circulating, 76ers fans and all that stuff. But I said on lock on that I think that if he is meaning Embiid, he hurt his knee versus the Pacers. I, I saw him do it, and uh, I figured it was the same knee, and it might have been serious until he would have sat out. But the thing was, Embiid didn't sit out; he kept playing the rest of the game, and. So when he did that, I was like, well, you know, obviously it's not that bad, thankfully, because he is having a spectacular year. You don't want injuries being in the way of anything. And so he wasn't on the injury report. And per Ramona Shelburne, uh, she spoke to a team source, and it's very, very clear that he was active. He was not going to be uh, hindered at all uh, by this knee injury, and he was ready to go Saturday. And so uh, it's funny, I actually got to the, to the game yesterday uh, when the 76ers were getting off the bus. The whole team got off the bus. Uh, after we heard from Michael Malone say that this is not a rivalry for them, uh, that they do not view this as a matchup where they're trying to get Embiid versus Jokic and Jokic pop off on them, but this is get a win versus Philly. Um, and then we go into the warm-up. We see everybody warm up per usual. Embiid comes out late, 
shoots a few jumpers. And we literally, quite literally, so there's, there's, y'all, there's two different sections kind of in the press road, main section. Uh, Ryan is in one, I'm in the other. And I, in my section, Ryan, didn't get the news that Embiid was out until people next to me, including Philadelphia 76ers beat writers, had said right before tip-off that Joel Embiid is out, per Adrian Wojnarowski. The, the beat writers didn't even know that this was happening. No idea. So everybody was confused. And then I kid you not, I met one of the beat writers came up to me and said specifically, I asked him, I said, well, didn't he get hurt versus the Pacers? And he said, yes. And I said, well, I, it's because of his knee, I imagine, that he's sitting out. They said, yes. But the reason that he stayed in for the Pacers game was to see if he can, he can keep that 30 and 10 streak going. And my whole thing is just like, look, there's this like narrative that's developing online. And I'm, I'm not going to hold you around. I'm, I'm probably done with the whole like and be thing for the rest of the season. I mean, honestly, like at this point, it really just doesn't matter. I think that like he's having a great year. We know who he's played against. We know the games he hasn't played. We know he's also injury prone. We know he needs to get it done in the playoffs past April. And he has to load manage in order to get there. And he already has had two knee injuries. And we're in January. So yeah. more than likely, he will be hampered by April, unfortunately, unless he were to get a cleanup operation if he needs to get it or sit out several weeks and let his knee get healthy. And that way he's ready for April. But we don't know if he's going to do any of those things. But obviously, we hope the best for him because he's an incredible player. He's one of the 75 best players of all time. You know, if you ask me personally, if there's some players on the top 75 that I would absolutely move out to put Joe and beat in there, including some in this era. So I think the issue is, is that it's the way it happened. And it's the fact that last year, and I think, Ryan, I think the reason why people outside of this fan base, but even I would say when I've seen, I've seen Lakers beat writers talk about this. There, there are national people making jokes about this now that Embiid is actively running away from Denver. So this is not just a local thing. This is a national story at this point. And I think a lot of this is Embiid was cool like when it was just a rivalry and it was just basketball. But I think a lot of people are just summarily just missing the kind of vitriol that was thrown at Jokic way for the last several seasons for winning MVPs and not making it to an NBA final, including why he didn't win the MVP last year. But then last year, the thing that took it all over, took the cake, and again, Roger Stone fun tripping, when Embiid's supposed to play Joker, I think on a Monday or something like that, after he plays versus a back-to-back versus the Warriors and the Suns, he sits out a Sunday, and then he's supposed to be in, at work on Monday, and then he puts a shammed article out, right? And everybody, everybody outside of some Philly fans felt like he took a clear shot at Jokic about analytics and defense, about yeah. having to run him, even though there's a player in the league with multiple MVPs that hasn't won anything either. And then he didn't play. So th- it's not as if, like, is that – it was the comments he made to Draymond when he lost and had 46 versus the Warriors last year. And then he told Draymond as soon as they lost, like you said, that he was the most difficult player you've had to guard in the league since LeBron. I wanted to take that mantle from him. Like, it's just, like, a lot of stuff. And, you know, Philly fans are sitting here saying, like, well, if only the Nuggets fans acted like Jokic and stuff. It's like – Come on, man. Like, come on. Jokic, we off, saw he, you. There right. is film of what you did. <laughs> that's that's my that's my Nikias impression. <laughs> but that's what he does, though. Jokic never gets in the mud. He didn't get in the mud with Kendrick Perkins last year. No. But the difference is, Ryan, you are in media. I am in media. All everybody, we're storytellers. So, like, we're not going to forget the story. This is how we got here. And I think a lot of this is, man, it's just years 
uh, irritation and frustration with the fact that every year there's like an excuse for why it's not happening in Denver every year, except until this last summer when Jokic walked through the finals. Every year there's a reason why Jokic is not on this level, can't do this, can't do that. I would rather have it be, I'd rather have this and that. And then that's where you got all this stuff from, bro. So it's a lot. It's years worth of build up. So here's where I'm at. And I know, I mean, look, there's, there are circumstances that I'm sure led to this happening that I'm sure like the, mm -hmm. the training staff was probably not comfortable with the way that Embiid was doubled over dealing with the altitude in, mm -hmm. in Denver. And they're like, we watched him warm up. We watched everybody kind of go through this process, just wanted to see what was happening. And right. you could see he wasn't like, this wasn't a, a glorious warm up or anything like that. He was just taking a bunch of jumpers and didn't look very comfortable. And I can understand that. Why? in the world was he not on the injury report why was he not there what what happened what happened between friday and saturday that he was not on the injury report this was a whole bit to do made ramona shelburne tweets out that hey he is not going to be on the injury report mm -hmm. nicole Jokic, uh probable for this game despite being like stabbed in the eye by evil dante divincenzo like it's crazy how you can go from active and available and all of these things. There's no questions about the status or anything like that to out at this stage. There's no, like mm -hmm. there's no reason for that. So what happened? I am not as frustrated with him. I'm frustrated with him. Don't, don't get me wrong. I am more frustrated with the Sixers organization for not protecting mm -hmm. their own player in this mm -hmm. for being dumb for setting him up to fail in this. And then they ultimately decided, Hey, you know what? Let's just get out from under that. Anyway, we're going to, mm -hmm. we're going to protect you too. Like this was going to be his opportunity to have the moment that Jokic had at the, the 22, uh, 2022 year where he goes in bones. Highland has a game. DeMarcus cousins has a game, but it was without Jamal Murray. It was without Michael Porter. And he will go into hostile territory despite all of this, and you win. And Embiid, he's just never going to be like he's never going to be in perfect form. He's never going to be somebody who's like at, at tip top shape coming into Denver because it's always going to be some circumstance. It's always going to be something that keeps him from. Oh, it's not hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not feeling hundred percent. There's something wrong. I just like. I don't care, man. Like, this is what the NBA is supposed to be about. This is what competing is supposed to be about. We even saw it when, to the broadest depth yesterday. Even, even when you're not in the perfect circumstance yeah. to survive, even when you're not in the perfect perfect circumstance to play, you still do because you're a competitor and because you're not just going to walk away. You're not just going to lie over or like lie down and roll over. And it was very dumb because the entire NBA had been hyping this up since Nam. As hey, you know what? We don't really care what Joker does in Philly. We care what Joel does in Denver because that's never happened. Like you hear all of the national voices saying that too. So, like, what is the disconnect here? Why is this a thing? If you were really concerned, then why did you go back into Indiana? Was it really about a streak? Was it really about numbers? Uh, you might be right. And if that's the case, then the priorities are just out of whack. Yeah, and again, I think, and I, I want to be clear. I, I when in November, 
when Embiid started this run, I said, if he makes it to the finals this year, he's going to be one of the 40 best players ever, even if he doesn't win. Absolutely. He's that great. Yeah. I think a lot of this comes down to it's just yesterday, bro, everybody and their mother was expecting that matchup. And it just, even Michael Malone, and this is the key thing. We, we talked to Michael Malone after the game. Michael Malone specifically stated that he does not know how a player goes from active to out right before the game, and there was nothing on the injury report about it. Because what he said was that changed the entire atmosphere of the game and also changed the game plan. Because they go in there with a very clear game plan, with a very clear expectation, and they find out right before tip-off that it was not going to be that case. So I think that this is just uh, it's a, it's a, it's a concoction of, of scenarios and events and circumstances that led up to this. I think you're right. The 76ers should have done a better job. But at this point, I think that everybody in Denver, I'll say this. I think that there are some people going way too far on the 76ers and B thing. At the end of the day, it's basketball and hoops. It's really not that big of a deal. This doesn't ultimately matter, like beyond the fact that it's a sport and we care about it. Um, I think that for me, I'm kind of over the whole thing as a whole because it's just like we're never, we're never going to yeah. have like what we're hoping for. It's never going to look like what it's supposed to be. This rivalry is dead. This is not a rivalry. Right. Everybody can try and concoct it into a rivalry. These guys love each other. They care about each other. That was clear from Jokic post game. That was clear from Embiid post game. By the way, like both of these guys, mm-hmm. like at least at least outward facing when it's not Shams articles, like they are going to be like like full on supportive of each other, especially at this mm-hmm. stage, knowing kind of like what it takes to be at this level night in and night right. out. I get that, but. I'm just like everybody, everybody in both organizations, I think is probably done with this. This is completely out of whack. And you just had this matchup between LeBron and Steph, like which was way better, way more of a rivalry. This Jokic and B thing is, it's just like, it's not the same. And trying to force it into something is wrong. And the NBA has to get back, in my opinion, to making rivalries about teams making rivalries about like organizations going against each other and deep rooted hatred and things like that. And I know the player movement era has really like screwed with that, but I just, I think that they should be trying to get away from situations like this, where it's entirely dependent on two players because we are kind of in a different situation. Jokic might be a face of the NBA Embiid might be a face of the NBA, but they're not LeBron or Steph at this stage. Like they're just not from a, a marketing and from a, a wanting to be at the center of it all kind of face and wanting the responsibilities that it takes to be there. Like the Denver's got Denver doesn't want that. They've never wanted that. And I clearly Embiid doesn't want it either. Well, I think some of this is, I think the, the Steph LeBron thing yesterday, bro, LeBron 39 years old dealing with, Bunch of Nixon that because he's 39 years old and he's been to 10 finals basically. Like the dude, he was 36 incredible. points, 20 rebounds, a career high, and 12 assists. And he was 12 of 21 from two, two of four from three, 66 from the free throw line, game winning free throw, a 65 through shooting. Incredible free throws, by the way. Incredible. In, in yeah, on the road in San Francisco to do that. So some of this is, it's like, it's Steph Curry, by the way, not to be outdone, had 46 points. 
that it takes for you to get through to be able to put up 22 three-pointers, go 40% from three, and that kind of run. Those, and they're both 35 plus years old. So I think that's that's what it is, man. I think with Joker, I think it's it's there's nobody else that's gonna be in that category with them. That's just period. Like they're not gonna, you're just not gonna get consistent show up every game, every level. And I think that's just something that we gotta just be okay with. Like maybe he's not, they're gonna be in a regular season the best player on every given night because he's not going to give you playoff effort. You know, you're not going to, you're going to get it. Yesterday, he would have been fine if he scored eight points. He was trying. He was trying. He was trying to do that. <laughs> but he, he had to score in the second half for the New England, so he scored 20. But yeah. you're not going to get that from Jokic the regular season. At this point, it's about building championships and legacy. Because he already knows my my time to shine is going to be in the playoff when we're down five going into the fourth quarter. Or we're with a two-point lead with five minutes left, and I got to close the game out for my squad. Like, this is where we are with Joker. So I think everything else, man, is like, I really, truly, truly, truly hope the absolute best for Embiid and for the Sixers. I mean, I hope he's healthy. I hope he goes on the best run he's ever had in his career. I hope that he finds, like, all the stuff that he, like, wants out of his career, everything. I hope, I really do, like, genuinely hope the best for him and for the organization because they're – this is what they did. They, they literally tanked for five seasons, and Philly fans went through that tanking for five seasons to get this dude. And they lost Ben Simmons. They lost Jimmy Butler. They've had a whole bunch of stuff happen. And the B has been hurt every single playoff run, and he already has two injuries right now. So for me, genuinely, like, I truly hope Embiid has, like, a great rest of the season, and he finally makes a really, really important playoff run. And I hope that the 7 can get what they want as well. Because at the end of the day, bro, like, I am – I just really think, man, at this point, like, that whole chapter is just closed. And I think, like, the reason we get so into it, Ron, is because we're, we're watching what people are saying about Joke in this process or about the Nuggets in this process. So it's like – then we're jumping in there like, well, no, this is actually, like, what's going on. And, you know, even yesterday, you know, uh, Kyle Nubik, who I love, you know, he's a really good dude. You know, we follow each other. Like, he jokes and said that – uh. Paul Reed uh, was out playing or kicking Jokic's butt in the first half or whatever. And he had a better game. You know, he had 30 and 13 that game. Yeah. And I think even stuff like that, it's like, it's hard when you hear it from Philly because of everything around the conversation about Joker. But genuinely, Paul Reed was incredible yesterday. But we've been saying they play Paul Reed for three years. No, we'll talk Doc about Rivers, it. Doc Rivers just didn't want to do it. So <laughs> I would love to have Paul Reed in there. Him with Murray and yeah. all that, bro. He, he made four jumpers in the first half. And he made two three pointers yesterday. I was like, all right, bro. Like, he's like hitting step back threes and shit. Like, bro. he's just doing he everything. It's just, yeah, hey, more, more power to him, man. But like, look, it, I, I think I may still have a little bit too much hate in my heart for, for that stance in which, like, man, they've, they've made their own bed in terms of how they've approached this situation with the Nuggets and how they've approached the situation with Joker. And like, I just don't have any sympathy, you know? Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, no, I, I really like would love to see Embiid succeed. I would love to see uh, like the Sixers succeed because they, I don't know, man. Like it's just there's been a lot of pretty ugly shit around this, and I'm just I'm I'm over it. I I don't want to be stooping down what to do, that what level. Do you think for you, what do you think for you was the most? Uh, you feel like it was the Perkins stuff that happened last March? Was that the like the the most incensed moment for you? That I guess around this whole thing. Yeah, I just I think that that really like that that made it worse. That made it so much worse than it could have been. 
And the fact that Philly fans and Philly writers and media were running with that narrative was what really set me off. Like there, it's one thing if one, if one person says it and one person that like people have varying amounts of respect for in this business, but like, it's another thing entirely. If your entire like, like city is, is really getting behind these stupid narratives around like, Man, all oh, Joker does An- just analytics. He yeah, it's off like, and all that stuff. He doesn't like, show up and matters. And we are watching the same games. Yeah. We are watching these games, right. and we're watching what Joker does, and we understand how good he is. And we understood how good he was last year when that was ripped away from him when he was the best player in the regular season, and it was very, it was dumb. It was, it was entirely unfortunate and unnecessary, and like just because you're trying to get your own guy something like you're going to stoop to the, like the nether realm and like, like take all these, these stupid takes and try to put this out into the world. And it was, it was just unnecessary and unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, and again, you know, that, that whole episode is over. Cause you know, by the uh, Western conference finals after the end, you know, Kirk Perkins was calling you up, which the best in the world. So he had a, like a nice little flip and like a, a two month span, which was funny, but yeah, I think that that wouldn't even. I'm not blaming Philly at all. That's not Philly right there. That was just that's where it got. That's where the conversation went. Where it's like you know Joker, Steve Nash, and Dirk, and then left out Magic Johnson for some reason. And you know me, like I'm I'm always very clear and very outspoken about social stuff. And I'm like when I heard that, I just I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head that like this is a conversation. And then right before Joker got, I think. uh uh, hundred the hundred triple doubles. I think uh, from Perkins made the stat padding comments and all that stuff. So it was it was just a lot. I think I think Joker in particular. There's just a lot of like narratives and conversations and like you know Max Kellerman talking about like is he even a top five player you want going into the playoff this year? Colin Cowherd, you know Anthony Davis. You would rather have him going into the playoff. Like we heard it all, and then summarily 30, 13, and ten. 16 and four, and then even still after that, people are like, we played a bunch of playing teams. It's like, oh, all right. So, but that's what I'm saying, bro. We're we're in a great place now because you know what people are saying now? The West is better than it was last year. The Thunder, the Clippers, the Suns, the Lakers. Dude. They're all going to be, the Wolves, they're all going to be much more of a challenge. So guess what? People are acting like the Nuggets are the outright favorite, but the West is deep. And I'm like, all right, cool. So now, since the Nuggets are not going to be in a favorable situation anymore, apparently, now we get to see what Jokic is really made of. That's what I'm hearing. So I, right. I, I think in the East, we know what it's going to be. It's going to be the Heat, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Celtics, and maybe the Knicks, apparently. Guess so, so, hey, you know, Embiid's going to have plenty of opportunities, and I think this is going to be a great run. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, you know, we got. Giannis coming in on Monday, and Giannis is sitting there. Giannis fans like he's being disrespected. He's not in the top two, top three in the MVP race again, which I understand. Could he? I mean, consensus top two player for the last several years, but Shea and Luca are having these crazy runs. So, look, basketball is great, man. Like basketball is a great sport. Ultimately, I love the game. Uh, we are both now living off the game of basketball in a lot of ways, and so like I always want to make sure to honor that, and I'm going to honor the people we get to cover, you know. And Embiid is a tremendous player. He truly is. I think I am now at the point, though, like I said, where that whole saga is like, you know, cool, man. Good, good luck to everybody. I'm done with it. 
done with it. We don't have to talk about it again. Uh, I will make, most likely I'll make Jokic MVP arguments, and a lot of them are going to be based around availability and things like that. So we can talk about that a little bit more in the next segment, but uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to chat about maybe maybe some of this game that, that did just happen, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk MVP narratives, and next week should be good. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, is we got to pay our bills. It's got brought to you by our Superbook Sports who are changing the game and you can win some money with Superbook, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now you can use that promo code mile high and score up to 250 bucks with their first bet bonus. Win or lose Superbook will match your first bet up to 250 with promo code mile high. Down the Superbook sports app, enter that promo code and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook sports. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Weekends with Swipa. And we're back. Pick X and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. Really appreciate a popping audience here as we are very excited to now talk about what was an atrocity of a basketball game. This was, uh, that's how I described it last night. And, and it was, I, I think it's fair. I think it was, it was an unfortunate game. Um, but I do think that there were some, at least some notable takeaways from it. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with, uh, with Jamal or do you want to start with just like the energy that, that Denver had and like just didn't really bring to it? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I just, I just can't, you know, I know for, uh, for me at least, as an ex-athlete, or I guess an athlete, because I don't think there's ever transition out of that, bro, letdowns are real. Like, and Michael Malone said this after the game, like, it's not like an easy thing to go from, oh, we're going to play versus one of the very best players in the world, to we're not playing that player at all, and now we're a whole game player that's going to go to that. It's hard to just bounce back and be like, oh, cool. Let's go dominate this team. When have the Nuggets done that anyway? Like, they're not like – the Nuggets are kind of just winning right now. They're not, like, putting teams away. Like, they're kind of coasting through, like, even in the dominant wins or the win, we're still going to just, you know, kind of mess around here or there with the Pacers, with the Wizards and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, I would say they're just not in great form. Like, Denver as a, as a team right now is not in great form. They ha- They played a great game against the Celtics. But it was around this time, like maybe like actually, yeah, it was around this time around January 28th where Denver kind of got out of form a little bit where they went into Philly. They played in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. They, they had some they had some tough runs and, and it wasn't it wasn't perfect. But right before then, they were playing great. They were playing great basketball. And I think right before this year, they're playing great. They're playing great basketball. And you knew exactly what you were going to get from them night in, night out. Um. Yeah, they're they're just not perfect right now, and then this is going to take a little bit. But I think they know exactly what level they have to reach eventually. But it's clear that they're not like at that place. And and Jokic put up six points in the first half and just wasn't really looking at the rim for much of it. Uh, Murray was like he had twenty points in the first half and then three in the second. And I think there are some criticisms there that are fair. Uh, they did go to a box and one on him yesterday, and like that certainly hurts. Like that's that's a tough thing to to sort of navigate, but. Um, that was great. Nurse is incredible, man. Nurse's nurse is a great coach. He gets them to scrap. Like it's crazy. Yeah, go go zone. 
go box in one and don't have Jokic in the game and make Murray beat you. And then if not, box in one, make somebody else beat you. I love it. I thought it was a great strategy. Yeah, it makes sense. And like Reggie really struggled yesterday and Peyton Watson figured some stuff out in the second half. Yo, wasn't, can we hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Can we just talk about Peyton, man? Like, sure. Look, you've heard you heard what I said. I think that he could be like a uh, if he were to tap fully into it, he could be like an all-star level, fringe all-star level player. Based yeah. on the development you've seen from him as a transition player, as a pull-up shooter from mid-range, as a spot-up three-point shooter, with his defense, like, are your is your expectation of Peyton Watson is it rising at all? Of course, yeah. I, I think one of the things that you notice in situations like this is how smooth it is with him, how mm-hmm. smooth he is, and and just like the decisions are easy. They are not, and like he transitions into those decisions quicker and quicker and quicker, and with more like poise than I think you'd expect from a guy of his age and a guy of his experience level. Uh, it, it is an unfortunate kind of like uh, coincidence that Christian Brown, like the decisions seem to be getting harder for him over the course of this year. Uh, right. But like, it has been interesting. It's been, it's been fun to watch Piwat as he continues to find his, to find his groove and to find like the plays that he's supposed to be making within the flow of the offense, but then also understanding he can push the tempo. He can, he can dictate terms a little bit. It's not just about what everything is going on around him. Like he can dictate terms, he can put pressure on the opposing team, and whether that's with scoring or playmaking, like that, that seems to have really had an impact on him. Man, I think his game, bro. Not I joked about this uh, when he played versus OKC. He had that reverse dunk on the baseline. Um, I said that he was like a young Kobe, like a really young Kobe, like rookie year. Bro, Peyton just has this like smoothness to his like dribble his pull-up shooting. I mean, he's going to get a Hezzy in there at some point. He has that little turnaround fade. I'm just like – and I said I, I said already – come on, I'm like, I'm super early. I already said this is going to be a player that the Nuggets are, like, paying a lot of money to that they're going to have to make some really difficult conversations with because, I, right, I, I, I mean, he has two more years up in this deal. I don't – by the time he gets to where he will be, bro, he's going to be like a 25 – I think he could legitimately be $25, 30000000 million a year. That's how good he is. And so I know that sounds crazy, but, bro, think about He's already, like, the best wing defender in the league. It's pretty good. It's, so, it's really good. <laughs> and, then he's, and then he should offensively, like, you know, boom, going so up. I'm just, I, I don't think that he's the best wing defender in the league. No, I mean, I'm not saying, like, on ball. Yeah. But, like, the, the metrics say that, like, Rim protection, on ball, defensive, all, all that stuff. Like he's in the he's in the conversation. He's got a lot going on. There's 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 right. no doubt about it. Like I think some of the circumstances when you're mostly guarding bench guys, uh, that that certainly helps. Uh, but like he, nah, he's guarding bench guards. Like he's, he's guarding bench guards. Disrespect Peyton Watson. Pull Look. up the Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant highlights, sir. <laughs> here's here's what I'm trying to do. I am trying to not set him up to fail because it is so. He's from Cali. He's from Long Beach. What do you mean? Set him up to fail. You know where he's from? They don't. He's, they he's, only know basketball culture there. That's that's, that's a, all a he knows. Basketball city. I, he I grew understand. No, Kevin Durant and Paul George. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you, man. So like, if that is what it's going to be, 
if that's what it's going to be for, because he he played the sixth most minutes yesterday. He he was the the yeah. first like not first off the bench. Like Reggie was the first off the bench with him, but like please, he played more. Man, I just I am that Reggie Murray lineup, bro. <laughs> they're gonna play Jamal, and then like once Julian comes back, if he does, because like I mean we're we're getting some weird things from from Malone right. in terms of like man, is is he actually going to be healthy? Is he actually going to come back? Like he. Because he said he's not close, basically. Right. Um, that's not great. Um, but yeah, I, I think if Denver kind of gets to a place, like I think that some of the lineups that Denver can get to with Jamal, Julian Strother, Peyton Watson, Michael Porter, and let's say Aaron Gordon, for example, like Ooh. this shit's crazy. Like there, there's that's some perfect. talent there. And, and there's a lot of reasons to believe in a group like that playing pretty well in the playoffs. Now, is is Julian going to be ready for that? I have no idea. Like we haven't seen him in a month, so like yeah. I'm I'm very very curious to see what he looks and like. It's if, a knee injury. Yeah, and so yeah. if that's the case, then look, maybe just replace him with uh with KCP, or maybe put in Justin Holiday in there. That's, that's, like, that's what I've been thinking. Like Justin was yeah. fine in the sense he was starting for both uh when he started for KCP and for AG. Yeah, like I I can see I can see a Jamal, Justin Holiday, Peyton Watson, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon lineup pretty consistently coming off the bench in the playoffs. And that's just like the, the time where you get Joker and KCP some rest. Um, Like I could, I can see that. Absolutely. But look, Peyton has earned this Peyton. Like, there's no question in my mind. The Peyton. Six, you think he's the a clear six best player, six best player in the roster right now. Yeah. Right now. That's crazy. Isn't it right now at, at this current moments? Cause I mean, some of it is because Reggie's fallen off, but like Reggie yeah. has been, good for a long time and now this this last month he's been pretty bad just pretty consistently um Peyton has been rising and Malone commented on it yesterday he said he was very very excited about his development and he's very very excited about where it continues to go from here like now he's not going to hand anything to him but as you've seen like he's closed with him on several occasions and I I really thought he was going to close with him yesterday too and I thought he would have earned it but uh credit to Michael Porter for when he came back into the game hit a big three uh, credit to him for handling some of the like. I don't think that Porter was perfect in his minutes, like in in the second Maybe half. The where, plus like, eighteen. I know, I know. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, yeah. I hear you, but like, well, just, I mean, let me let me ask you this. So for Porter, if it's sometimes it's like that, right? Where his numbers. Well, he had twenty eight yesterday, so he played well. But like sometimes his numbers won't even be like that, but he's still like. Maybe leading the team plus minus. What do you think it is about like Porter's value for you on the Nuggets that just makes him to where like he's almost always a winning player? I think it's the attention that he brings, where mm-hmm. the opposing team knows that they can't leave him, and the moment that they do, he's gonna go like fifty percent from three in the corners. Like that's just mm-hmm. that's such an important thing. But it does take like I think some of it is circumstantial, like right, like some of it is like hey. Jamal at, at various points, like I thought Jamal like set him up pretty well in the fourth quarter. I thought that there were a lot of plays yeah. where Jamal's receiving a lot of attention. He swings the ball over to Mike. Mike creates something. Peyton had some good plays where he set up Mike for sure. Uh, Jokic, I think, had a kickout pass. And KCP had the the swing swing pass to him in the corner for that key uh, that key bucket in the fourth. But like, look, there's there's a lot of ways. Like the team, I think, wants to find him on these open threes because of how dynamic and how good he is as a shooter. I think the defense understands that they know what they want. Like they, they know what the nuggets want and they react to that. And then once they overreact, then like 
it leaves the other guys to go four on four a lot of the time. Yeah. So I do think, man, that, you know, I think yesterday showed me that the Nuggets are, they're in that, they're not cruising because Malone talked about this after a point of the practice. They're not cruise control, but they're just like, mm, not yet. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's just like, mm, not yet. Also, something, something that Matt said to me yesterday resonates with me a lot. Like players don't need a ton of rest. But when you give them a block of time off, they right. will look like like amazing after that. Just just completely different in terms of how good they are. And I think Denver, like once they get to that all-star break, which is coming up in like it's probably two and a half, three weeks from now. Once they get to that all-star break and then on the other side of it, they will probably look and feel like a different team from a, a pace bro, perspective. And remember a, a, what the Lakers did last year too, bro. They went yeah, crazy. Exactly. And so like Denver's a veteran team. They understand what they're getting into. I'm, I'm a little bit curious to see how Peyton handles that because he continues to ramp up, ramp up, ramp up. And well, Peyton, Peyton's going to be there uh, for all-star weekend. So, I mean, <laughs> for, for the rising stars game. Oh yeah. 1000%. He'll be there. All right. I that would be that'd be dope. I I don't. Well, think... I feel like for I feel like he would have to be there if he's like the you know. I, I don't okay. know. You feel like he? Oh, I mean, let me let me say. That. I, I would say I would. He would be on the squad for the sophomores if it was up to me. But you know, let's let's go through good. now. Now let's do this. Now I'm I'm curious. Let's go through the 2022 draft, and you're gonna tell me whether they I think deserve. I redrafted him at 11. I think uh, I'm we're gonna tell if you if they deserve to be there for Rising Stars game. Paolo Bancaro. Okay. So you probably shouldn't be there. <laughs> Chet Holmgren. Jabari well, he Smith. Shouldn't be there. He should... uh, no, like, okay. Be there. Yeah, I think they'll be there. Jabari Smith Jr., Keegan Murray. He'll be there. He'll be there. Jaden Ivey? He will not be we'll see like he, he puts up numbers and like that i do agree with you but like putting anybody on detroit right now feels like a farce um benedict matherin he's kind of not been as effective this year um so i feel he's a toss-up talent wise he should be there but play i don't know if he would be there this year shade and sharp yeah easy shade and sharp's fun like he's dyson daniel no will not be there jeremy sohan they might put him in, but he's just number – well, he might be there, but, like, he's, like, a pure defensive player, still figuring out a little bit, but he could be there. Yeah. Um, skipping Johnny Davis, skipping Osman Jang. Jalen Williams will definitely be in there, J-Dub. Uh, Jalen Duran. I don't know. That's That one's a little bit shaky. Um, Oshai Akbaji, no. Mark Williams, no. AJ Griffin, no. From, from Charlotte? Uh, who? Mark Williams from where was she? Charlotte. Charlotte. He's been out yeah, for like Charlotte, a month yeah, as well. Yeah, like he's yeah. he's like he's been out since like December 8th. Mm -hmm. Um AJ Griffin's out of that. Tari yeah. Eason well, he, probably in. That, what are they doing with AJ Griffin, by the way? Please trade him. Dude, I, I have no idea. That dude's good. It was, it's so funny. Like in that game that they faced against Luca and the Mavs. Like mm -hmm. their bench was basically Patty Mills, Garrison Matthews, Trent Forrest, and Onyeka Okongwu. And AJ Griffin was one of two 
active players that's sad that didn't play. Can they trade for him? I'm a he is a good player. He's a good player, but also like there there are some reasons why he's not in. Like he's not healthy for like not not entirely healthy, but like he also just doesn't defend at all. Like, and that's that's Sorry, like you, you got to defend. I don't know who's defending on that roster, but go ahead, keep going. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, Tari Eason will be there. Dalen Terry, no. Jake Laravia, no. Malachi Branham, no. Christian Brown, probably no. not. Like he's definitely not at this at this stage. Walker Kessler, maybe, but like yeah, he could be. Yeah, just not a sexy game. So like I can understand if they didn't add him. Um, David Roddy, no. Marjan Bochamp, no. Blake Wesley, no. Wendell Moore, no. Nikoliovich, no. He's been starting for them a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if he has enough cachet yet. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Patrick Baldwin, Ty Ty no. Washington. No. And then you get. Didn't to you Peyton. want Ty Ty Washington? Say what? Did you didn't Didn't you want Ty Ty Washington? No, nah, I mean, I th- I thought he'd be fine. Like, right. I like he. I thought he'd be a decent point guard for them. But like, uh, I, I glad that they got Peyton in retrospect. <laughs> like, clearly you get. Well, this, I, this I, I don't think the, the Nuggets don't need to get any more small players ever again. So. Yeah, I'm completely fine with that. So Peyton, what is that? How many names is that? That's clear ahead of him. Nine. Uh, it's probably like nine. <laughs> like Paolo, Chet, Jabari, Keegan. I'd I'd put Mather in ahead of him. Shaden Sharp, Jeremy Sohan, Jalen Williams, and then maybe one of Tari Eason or Walker Kessler. Like that's solid, I, bro. I think it's fair. And like a uh, guys in the second round, like Andrew Nemhard probably deserves to be there. Andrew Cole, um, bro. Oh man, I can't believe that. Yeah, that would I mean that's that would be a good one to have. But like nobody else in the second round outside of him, maybe Vince Williams. Like he's been starting for Memphis. Vince Cole. Like, he's been playing really well. He's been pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think there's a reason to credit Peyton. Like he's been great. And and he's playing a real role on a championship contender, which is like how can you say you can't really say that about so many of these guys? So like mm-hmm. it's a it's a completely completely fair and understandable take to have Peyton in this uh, rookie sophomore game. Yeah, um, I think Julian. He, he if he would have kept playing and out this missed games, he might have been in the conversation for second team all rookie, but he would have had to kept playing and increase play time, but. You know, he's obviously out of that now. Um, how do you feel about the Hunter Tyson, Jalen Pickett um, selectors at, at this point? You thought they should have? I I was worried when they did that and when they drafted three guys mm-hmm. because I thought that they needed more playable talent right now because mm-hmm. I didn't expect here's, – here's, here's the thing. I did not expect any of Julian Strother, Jalen Pickett, or Hunter Tyson to like be helpful players this year. It was all well and good when they had, like, when they got Christian Brown to do it last year. But it was also, it's very unlikely in those situations for that to happen. So, like, for them to try to strike lightning twice and and for them to have so many young guys on their bench, I was a little bit worried. Um, Now, could it be great next year? Sure. But, like, those guys have to prove it. And, like, Denver's got to give them opportunities in order to do that. I just don't think that Michael Malone's ready to do that, nor should he want to, like, in in this stage. Like, why would you want to to throw Hunter Tyson in there or Jalen Pickett in there when you've got these veterans that have been around the block and know what to do? Like, it's just – to me, it was odd. Yeah, I mean, personally, the only thing I would make to change out of making the lineup is 
Les Murray, Reggie, I'm absolutely putting Justin Holiday back in there as a two guard at backup to. Um, I just don't think, I just think at this point, we're just, Mer, Maloney's to do with Monte and Murray. I'm like, I don't want two point guards out there and when they can't defend. But remember, I was heavy on Chris Dunn this summer. Yeah. And I know what Murray needs. That's what Murray needs. He doesn't need, like, he needs another ball handler, which Chris Dunn can do. He also had a triple double last year, closed out the season. People were like, well, that's fake. And he comes back this year. He's been freaking great for cheap, by yeah. the way. And he's also one of the best clear POA defending point guards in the league. So that makes perfect sense. Now you got Chris Dunn moving and shuffling. You got Jamal Murray off ball. So for me, it's like, I just don't need to see that. I would much rather have Murray have somebody that's a good, a decent POA defender next to him. He just doesn't have to worry about, like, all that other stuff. Because if in the playoffs, like, you want both. You want ball handling and defense yeah. and, and, and penetration, which is what Bruce brought. Which Bruce brought. So that's why, like, you know, Reggie Reggie can get back to that offensively. Uh, but I think you're not going to see that from Reggie until we get to the playoff. Probably. I think the most important thing that Denver can do going forward is add a big man that can the play ball. a little Four bit. Yeah, four or five, maybe somebody that could shoot a little bit, maybe somebody that could roll a little bit, maybe somebody that could pass a little bit. Like what I'm talking about is like basically a starting caliber player, but they need to find somebody on the cheap that can do some of those things. And whether that's trading for somebody who you think can can represent that or like, I just don't think that you should rely on Aaron Gordon to be able to do that for the entire playoff run. Like you got to find somebody that you can build in some rest for Jokic. You can build in some rest for AG. You can find a guy who you can like develop some chemistry with Jamal and whoever is running the second unit and just somebody who could like be there consistently because Zeke has clearly not been it. And Deandre, like God bless him. Like he's doing his best out there. And like, that's, it's just unfortunate that he has to. So like, I, I think that that's, that's where I would be like really focusing my resources. Do you think, do you, uh, based on what you've seen, Ismael Kamagate, do you think he had a chance of coming over next year? I, I haven't even thought about him once this year. Like, like this is yeah. the first time I'm thinking about Kamigate. Like, I, I saw him uh, a couple games. And I saw him in his uh, summer league. He's just, like, really underdeveloped still. So, like, probably, like, a three- or four-year project. But, yeah, I agree. Like, I would love to have, like, young DJ in the second round, like, where you just have a really explosive vertical spacer yeah. as, as your, your backup big. We just, we just haven't had that. You know who represents that pretty well? Isaiah Jackson in indiana like somebody oh, like that you've been yeah. you've been like you were you've been on that like i do think that jalen smith is bigger than him by the way <laughs> like, <laughs> but he look but he's, he feels small like, he just feels really small <laughs> until the court he's not explosive at all either yeah i know i know um all right hey let's take one more break when we come back we're going to talk about next week we're going to talk about mm-hmm. some of these games upcoming and and just do that mess but first uh let's hear from kim becker segment here pickaxe and roll joined by my guy swipe a cam on this weekend's with swipe episode got some fun things coming up on the channel uh, in this uh, in this afternoon we've got a video going up at i think about 5 30 mountain on mhs that is a nuggets versus bucks preview uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit here but make sure to go click on that video if you want a more in-depth breakdown of that and then swipe and i we we 
picked our all-star reserves and that that video should be going up sometime early next week before the all-star reserves are announced. So make sure to go check that out as well and, and subscribe to the MHS YouTube as we continue to grow that. Been a really, really good week of content and unfortunate that the this game just had to end the way that it did. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay, man. Prior, again, seriously, prioritize health over everything else. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, okay, so we're not going to go full in depth on Jokic versus Giannis, Jokic versus the Bucks because we did that in the video. We don't want to like sell too much of that content. But like Denver's got four games coming up this week. Jokic versus Giannis and the Bucks on Monday. Then they travel to OKC on Wednesday and face the Thunder in what is probably the biggest game of the season so far in terms of like whether Denver is going to actually be a one seed or not, whether they're going to like take home court advantage and match up with a team like that. Uh, also, like it's that's a perspective playoff matchup, so should be very interesting. And then Denver comes back and they play the rare double header against Portland on Friday and Sunday at home. Like Portland's going to be an absolute hell. And Denver's going to like they're going to screw up that Sunday game so badly. Like it is going to be hilarious how close that game is, despite the fact that there's no way that it should be. Uh, but they are they are absolutely going to screw that up. And it's going to be very, very funny. That game, that Sunday game has more national press uh, than the Bucks game does on Monday. That game on NBA TV, the Bucks game is on altitude. That's, yeah, we've talked about that before. Like, how in the world does the NBA go so hard on Jokic versus Embiid and then put both Jokic versus Giannis matchups on Mondays with no national presence at all? Like, that's They don't insane. care. They, just, they don't think it's worth anything. They just don't. They just, they don't think it's worth anything. It's like, man... Got so many of these matchups, like that, that you're showing Wemby or you're showing like, like Zion or and the the Pelicans mm-hmm. and teams like that, and like you're trying to really really. Jokic Luka is always a big story. Jokic B is a big story. Jokic Steph is a big story. Jokic Braun is a big story. Yeah. Jokic 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 Giannis. I can't see nothing. Yeah, no, it's it feels like the NBA just has no idea what the hell's going on. And like those two teams, I know we we we've talked about this before. They could realistically have matched up in the NBA finals in any of the previous like four years, given health. Any mm-hmm. of them. And and the fact that they haven't, I think, is more circumstance than it is like actual like basketball conversation stuff. But like these are the two best players of the last five years. Like I know people will throw Embiid into that and like he's a great regular season option, but like Giannis will at least show up for the most part in these playoff situations. And like, I just, I can't believe that this is not more of a story. It's crazy. I have no idea what it is. Like I, I just think the NBA missed a step. Now let me give Ferrari a minute 51. I'm going to yeah. say this week, I'm saying they go four. No, the reason they're going four. No, because they're going to beat the bucks. I think at home, I think the Thunder, here's the thing. They the last time they played the Thunder, it was the second out of a back to back. Oh, yeah. The they got, they got they, steamrolled. <laughs> and then the first time they played them, they lost by one. KCP wasn't there. The Nuggets, when they last played the Thunder fully healthy, beat them by 33 points. Now, I'm not saying they're going to wash them, but I do expect after they got trounced, they scored 93 points in that game. They're going to come out for blood in OKC. 
So I do think, and then versus the uh, the Portland Trailblazers, I just think, yeah, I just think that you have to win those games. I do think they go four and zero this week. Can they just win six and two on this stretch of games? Six and two. Last eight. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mo- Malone was talking about it. He 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 was very adamant about man. This is the toughest uh, ten game stretch of our season, and he said we we're five and two uh, prior to the Philly game, and then obviously they win that one. Yeah, so six and two and Bucks Thunder. So I think they win all four of these games this week, and I'll put them uh, ten and two um, over the last twelve, and that would put them at so if they went four straight. That would put them at twenty two and six in their last twenty eight. It's a pretty good record. That's a that's a pretty good uh that's a pretty good record. Like literally, like mm, just kind of like uh, we're just kind of just coasting through some of these games a little bit. It's so funny. Like it's just you you always look down and you're like, okay, man, looking at these actual games, it doesn't necessarily feel like they're doing all that great. I've got some questions about the bench. I've been Murray hasn't been awesome, and Porter's scored five points in the last two games each, and like, and you look up and like. Yeah, they're, they're, they could potentially be twenty-two and six. Now and also, they have to do this it. This is the first. This is the first Doc Rivers game as well. So I do think it's going to be a really fun game, just because. Which again, why is this not on national television? Like, you couldn't move anything. Like, you got Doc, Dame, and yeah. Wait a minute. So this, this is what you're telling me. So you have the, five, two, the two of the last three Finals MVPs. You have two All-Star starters for the Bucks and a Hall of Fame head coach. And one of the best two coaches, three coaches in the league. How you feel about Michael Malone? That doesn't make any sense. So nothing. They got Dame on the team that's played versus Denver for years in the playoffs twice, and you just thought, oh, not worth the TV game. Not worth it. Just clearly. Now, to be fair, they decided the schedule before he was going to the Bucks. I don't want to like, but they could have flexed it. They absolutely could have. Like this could have been a thing, and they just decided. I would have been fine but- if they would have flexed the Seven Sixers game to. Uh, to Telemundo after yeah, true he sat out. Yeah, something. <laughs> they could have put it on spike if they wanted to, and I would have been completely fine with that because that, that, was, awesome. <laughs> that wasn't a game that needed to be watched. That was so funny. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, no, here's, here's the thing. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that the Nuggets have struggled with the Bucks in the first game of their matchup, regardless of whether it's home or away. And then they have been better, and they, they've won the second matchup pretty much every single time. They usually split between those two teams, and they will lose the first matchup and win the second. I'm not- they lost last year because they had sat four starters. Remember, that's when AG had 33 points in that game. Now that was that. So I I agree with you. But the year before, like Murray and like actually, oh no, that was that was not yeah. like a Murray healthy year. No, so that was 21. I'm remembering 21 where yeah, Murray so the, really Bucks, the Bucks won by like four. In yeah. Denver, and then the Nuggets went there, and you had like a thirty-point triple double or something. Yeah, so like I think there is at least a possibility that like look, Dame and Giannis unstoppable kind of pick and roll. Like you're going downhill, and Dame catches fire. Then like, like look, I, I think that there's it's it's like a fifty-fifty game in my opinion. I, I don't necessarily think that it's a a massive advantage because like I said, I, I don't think that Denver's in great form right now, despite the fact that their their record, as you mentioned, is pretty good. Um, and then I think the Thunder game is a 50-50 game as well. Like they will go harder in that one than they will in the Bucks game, I believe. But like I think that it's still 50-50 because I respect what the Thunder have done. And they could just hit all the threes. And if they hit all the threes, then they're probably gonna win. So the Thunder I, game's on let's see, B Sock 
I think that's the Thunder local television. B-Sock, so, baby. <laughs> yeah, both, neither one of these. Oh, that's Bali Sports, okay, uh, Oklahoma City. So neither one of these games are uh, going to be on national television. So what we, what, wait, wait, but, but wait. So we get, but to be fair, to be fair, okay, everybody listen up. So the first for the game, not on national television, but the second one is. But guess what's going to be on to the max? And TNT, Denver Nuggets versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Do the Lakers get their revenge in LA? We're here with who's, who's doing that game? So that's who's, uh, who does oh, that, TNT? That'll be a, Reggie Miller. Yeah, yeah, no, that'll be Reggie Miller and uh, who, who's with them? Uh, it would probably be Kevin Harlan, right? Kevin Harlan. Yeah, yeah Reggie Miller, Kevin Harlan. You get Shaq and Charles. For that, man, that'll be fun. Just so backwards, man. Like, bro. Like, <laughs> This is like this is like the if if like the defending champions last year, the Chiefs, the Chiefs have to play the Giants on national television, but the Chiefs Bengal, Chiefs Buffalo is going to be on local television. Well, I mean, it's still LeBron, as you know. Let's, it's your, LeBron's your guy. Like he's, well, I, think, uh, he's I think the Lakers win that game. By the way, just to be great, I I think the Lakers win that game in LA. They beat yeah, them six will. straight games. They're not winning that. They're not going to win that. Game. <laughs> I predict that Denver goes three and one in this in this four game stretch. I think that he thinks they lose to the Portland Trailblazers. Shaw, <laughs> if, if there's one, I if there's one, I'd pick. It's it's at least a possibility. Uh, but like, no, I think uh, I think it's possible that they lose to the Bucks. I think it's possible that they lose to yeah. the Thunder. I think it's possible that they lose the second of those Portland games. But like, will they? I don't know. So, like, I, I'm gonna go safe and say three and one. I think it's more likely that they don't go four and zero. But like, look, hey, if they do go four and zero, that's a big win. That's a big win, even during this stretch. Like, the Thunder at the Thunder is such a big one because that that is really double jeopardy. Because you're gonna lose the tiebreaker if you lose that game, and you drop a game below the Thunder in the standings because you're playing against each other. So, like. I think Denver, they, they got to go get that one. That's a, that's a big one if you really care about being a one seed or not. Well, and they're a full game back at the Thunder, too. So they win versus the Bucks, They beat the Thunder. They're the clear number one seed at that point. Um, and then the Timberwolves are a half game back. The Timberwolves have lost two two games now to Charlotte and the Spurs that are at the bottom of the barrel. Um, so they're not looking super hot right now. But then, you know, but yeah. I mean, Christmas Here's the thing, like Denver's fourth right now. It's it's wild to think about, but Denver's quite literally the four seed. Well, that's because and, they played more games than the Clippers and they have one more loss. Right, but like I, I I think it's very fair to assume that the Clippers, especially with the the way they're playing, like they could go three and zero because I think they've played three fewer games. If they go three and zero, then they've got a better 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 record than Denver. Like it's fair. It's understandable. Yeah, great for them. I hope they keep doing it. Let's keep no, it. yeah, I, no, that's that's what I'm I, saying. It's like one of us said that the Clippers could beat the, the Lakers at the series of the James Harden trade. So I I'm fine with that. Clippers are great. I I did not think that the Clippers would kind of rise to this, but like the game that they played yesterday, just just demolishing the Celtics at Boston was that's an impressive one, man. Like that's yeah, no crazy. no Kristoff obviously was a big deal, but like yeah, I mean they just were they took a tour and the Celtics like couldn't make a three. It close. <laughs> that shit was wild. Like, but I, again, I, like this is the thing. About, I don't. You no, know, I'm not going to rant on the Celtics, but yes, the the Clippers look very good. They look very good. The Suns are looking good. They won six straight games. Uh, no, they had won six straight, and then they lost to Siakam uh, and the Pacers, and then now you got the Kings that are so really. The West is stacked at the top. 
You got basically yeah. three, four teams that are on pace to win like fifty-four games. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Like, imagine being in the West. Imagine, imagine, uh, imagine playing Western Conference games and still like being able to first win. round series versus Zion and Bi or Luca or LeBron and AD, like, or like Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, right. <laughs> who would probably go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, right, it's pretty clear. So. I don't know, man. Gonna be tough, but this is a good. This was a good episode. I I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed talking with you as always. Uh, any final parting thoughts before we get out of here? No, nah, man. Um, it's been a good week. Should be a great week of basketball. Uh, Ryan and I will be recording more episodes for y'all on Tuesday, I believe, and we'll both yeah. be there at the Bucks game, and uh, we'll keep it moving from here. Who you got? Uh, who you got today in football? Man, it's tough, man. A uh, quarterback like Lamar taking the Mahomes would be a lot, but I do think the Ravens should win. I'm going to pick with my heart. I don't – nothing I don't like Mahomes. I love Mahomes, so I don't yeah. really care about that. But I'm picking Ravens. I'm picking 49ers, and I think that's going to be a rematch of the regular season matchup, and I cannot wait. And even the Chiefs 49ers be a great Super Bowl. So, way, I'm, I'm winning. Yeah, and no, I mean, this is – like, I, I can't lose here because, like, Lamar, I, I – I, love Lamar and what he means for the NFL. I think what, what he's done is incredibly important. I also just like value what Patrick Mahomes has done. And like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and be like a Broncos fan. That's like anybody, but the chiefs, anybody, but Patrick Mahomes. Like I think Patrick Mahomes is sick. So well, like, I don't, yeah, but even I don't have those feelings about the Chiefs. I have them about the Raiders. Yeah. yeah. The Chiefs, like I don't like they're and they're completely like, it is what it is. Like the Chiefs are just like, they're, they're whatever. I feel like yeah. growing up, it was always the Raiders. Like, I never, never wanted to, never, nothing, nowhere. Remember, they're two, the Broncos, two of their most embarrassing losses ever. They lost 59 to uh, 17 to the Raiders when they had, what was that running back out of Arkansas, bro? Um, oh, Darren McFadden. Yes. Remember, he ran all over them yeah. right before they got like Vaughn Miller on that ass. And like, <laughs> the fact that Denver lost to the Raiders twice this year is right. like, is disgusting. Like, the Broncos should be completely ashamed of themselves but like look i mean i played with christian uh, for those that don't know like i played with christian of valor here locally mm -hmm. uh christian mccaffrey and so i'm I'm always going to support like him playing and like like what he does so I, I want the 49ers to win i want him to get a super bowl mvp and like if he did it against the ravens like that would be freaking insane that would be insane with the way that the ravens defense has been this year like i, I don't i don't know if it's going to happen but like yeah if it's against Patrick Mahomes, then like, damn, <laughs> shit's, that's just crazy too. So yeah, man, I love it, man. Ryan's two favorite players and made the major, major sports in America: Christian McCaffrey and Nicole Jokic. Y'all, that's gonna that's gonna do it for Mile High Sports. <laughs> Another great episode of Sweet. Whitely so, whitely so. It's. Uh... <laughs> Oh, man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button down below. Would really appreciate it. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye.